Hello and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. I'm your host today. My name's Joshua Baker. With me today are a couple goofballs and one very serious person. We're going to start off with goofball number one. That's right, folks. It's Peter Vaughn. Woo! Close one, baby. Glad I'm not serious. Josh, how you doing today? Last one for you. A long time no pod. Been for a month, us not being on mic. Got a lot of energy over here. Hyped up. Pretty hype. This is our my last time hosting. My school year's about to end. You know, really just riding high right now. Not riding high, though. As high, though, as our next host. That's right. <laughs> Exhale, and it's India <laughs> Jones. It's me. Hi. I'm hi. It's me. So glad to be here. Actually, one month, exactly. Almost. Well, one yeah, month. Pretty sure. I think One day was. short is the 15th. Also, one I just want to say happy birthday to everyone. This whole podcast significantly older oh and God. wiser. Oh, my God. Okay. So we all have we all had our birthdays in that month. I think everyone on this podcast a- a- aged Fuck, in the li- between the last birthday. Fuck! I knew I forgot and something. Live on mic, Josh Gancott. Damn it! I always text you on your birthday. And I'm AJ Falleri. So AJ, AJ, not yet. Now for our serious, stern little Mister. That's okay. right. It's AJ Falleri. Great. Um, Coming in in it will suit and tie. Well, business <laughs> so guy. Serious. Josh, speaking so of business, I can't, I can't help but notice, Josh, that you didn't toss the nickname in there. Oh, no, I'm l- introducing myself last. And oh. last but not I least. I believe you said I'm Josh Baker to begin. Okay, continue. <laughs> last but not least, rounding out the pod, it's the Tog to India's Fandere, the Gunk Moth to AJ's Sog Chirac, the Hubut to Peter's Ersto, the Emperor of Short Kings. Your boy, Joshua Dean Baker. Josh Baker! Solid nickname. Thank you, Graham. Yes, thank you, Graham, so much. Great nickname. Um, The tog to my Fender A. Beautiful. Also, I don't want to um so actually. Beautiful. I don't want to um actually Graham's ten dollars. Um, but it would actually be the who but to Peter's Pinasol, I believe. Uh, no, but his name's okay. Hubut Erst. It's Ersto Hubut and Pinasol. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't have. I, I just want to say, Graham, I I would never do that to you. Okay, <laughs> I would never treat you. The minor Lest. gods and Letheris. Yes, he's the one in the end of with his wife. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Okay. That's thank nice. you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Graham, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody else who supports us on Patreon as well. Oh my gosh, we're here, baby. We are. We are in our final two episodes of the show. Yeah. Today we're doing chapters 21 and 22. And next episode, which we record live at AJ's house Yeah. in, let me get the address ready. Well, uh, <laughs> if you say the town I live in, Josh, that's like, there's like Penn Avenue. <laughs> what? There's like a hundred people in the town I live in. So if you say the town, that's, that is a yeah, sufficient it's enough good dox. To doxing. <laughs> they just have to look up which person has the only five, like big internet connection. Bill. Yes. Oh my God. But yeah, one more episode recorded live and then, uh, then we, close the podcast and every episode's wiped from existence you heard it here first folks you better listen now we're we're obliterating the feed yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna carabas this feed um we're gonna delete we're gonna we're gonna carabas italian restaurant this feed what (laughs) yeah uh no carabas the otateral dragon you remember josh no i know you remember from the malazan book of the fallen exactly yeah shall we do it let's do it baby i'm so let's do it baby yeah. All right. Away we go. Chapter 21. Cotillion reflects on a warning from Edgewalker and senses chaos nearing closer to the Warren of Shadow. Shadowthrone meets with the crippled god, who doesn't think himself powerful enough to do what is being asked of him. He also talks of Skinner. Gotta get those ice plugs in when we can, baby. Picker calls on Carsa to honor the vow he made long ago, and he sets off on a path unknown. Thus begins the first actual scene of substance with Ganos Perrin in several books. As Sister Belai notices that Perrin's forces have seemingly vanished, thinking they will sally forth and attack before the reinforcements arrive, she organizes her troops to watch the main gate. 
suddenly the Malazan forces appear in front of the fort, seeming to walk through the walls. At the same time, the watered commanders are taken out one by one. Belai races after the assassins, forcing Quickben to the ground with her voice before being taken down by Kalam. The rest of the Shriven are quickly driven back by the Malazans and flee. After the battle, Perrin and Quick attempt to out-vague bullshit each other before giving up and actually sharing what they know. There is a lot of exposition here, you should read it. The Greyhelm's Sergeant Arakala speaks with Brother Serenity. They speak of Sister Belai's death and the idea of justice. Arakala actually makes some good points here. They continue on their march to meet Perrin's forces, with Serenity making it clear that he plans to use up the parish forces in the battle. Back in Kalance, Sister Reverence and Brother Diligence serve at the battlefield that the combined forces under Dvor will attempt to break through. Diligence quotes a lot from Gothos Folly. It's pretty great. Stormy and Gessler are spying on the parish forces, take note of Satak, and wonder that the parish appear unaware that the Kachanch Mall are right behind them. Setok and Tanakalian argue about the actions the parish should take. Tanakalian wants Setok to unleash the wolves against the Kachin Shamal, but she says they aren't their enemies. Tensions are high. Briz has a very, very scary dream. There's a lot of existential dread going on here. He sees a tisty eater in the water who asks for his blessing. In the first good turn in a while, we discover a Letheri fleet bringing troops and most importantly, supplies for the combined Letheri and Bokondo army. Tehol sends a message, and Breeze has it read aloud. It's so, so good, but alas, Breeze sees the message within it. His brother thinks they will die in this battle. Tanakalian speaks with the watered commander, who has brought supplies to relieve the tired parish forces. When he mentions Tavor's Ototeral sword, the Forkless Sail is alarmed. So we start off with, you know, our god of assassins and god of shadow just talking to some vague stuff. What what do we, what's the vibe we've gotten as a whole from Edgewalker over this series? Is he a force of good, bad, somewhere in the middle? Do we think he's someone from history we should know? Anything, any vibes we've gotten from this guy? The closest thing I would say to vibes that I've gotten are maybe he's a guy from history. And that if he is and that he's it's not good or evil. He just is a force, it seems. Yeah. Uh, but that's really all I got, honestly. To me, whatever forces that Cotillion and Shadow Throne are interacting with and especially in their pursuit of power, especially this type of power, um, Edgewalker to me represents that gone a few steps further. Do you know what I mean? Like he's ancient. He's been in this realm so long. Mm. He is climb that hill so to speak so and for good or bad do you know what I mean but he is further down this road yeah. so that's how I see it and I also just think he's a weird guy and I always love a weird unique guy I'm a longtime Edgewalker fan and I've said that on the pod he he's he's seems kind of like there's that saying about intelligence versus wisdom or whatever like intelligence is knowing everything and wisdom is knowing that you don't and Shadow Throne feels like he thinks he knows everything, and Edgewalker is the wisdom that says mm. that he does. He actually doesn't. Um, because oh, is that, yeah, well, this just like the 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 part where Edgewalker is brought up. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. The ugly truth is that we not be we may not be out of place in that crowd uh, talking about fools wanting more than what they have, mm. and you know, I think it's just kind of that energy of like tempering or like managing like expectations i guess or, or or just like acknowledging that like you don't actually know as much as you think you do even if you're shadow throne i don't know here's a question do any mortals in the entire series talk of edgewalker or is he only known to gods Ooh, jeez what a question i don't yeah. remember that. because he he gets brought up quite often by a lot of the more powerful people yeah and it's one of those things where it's like, it's almost like 
when you're a freshman in high school and the seniors talk about the kids who were seniors when they were freshmen. Sure. You know what I mean? And there's this sure. like reverence that like, you know, he came here and he had his impact and he did his thing. Mm -hmm. But he's like so ancient that like, unlike the, because even the elder gods are mentioned occasionally. Yeah, they're like by, known forces. Yeah, exactly. But this dude, this dude seems to only be known to the oldest players in the game, which yeah. is interesting. Hmm. Do you think he's like a second in command that kind of just got lost to history or something, but he's just like huh. been around? That's an interesting idea. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like he's one of the biggest still like unexplained things for someone that we've talked with so many times. You know what I mean? Moving on to uh, this, this really, I don't even know if it's vague. Honestly, I think it's a pretty good conversation between Shadowthorn and the Crippled God. We don't really have, I would say this is the first time that we've had dialogue with the Crippled God in a meaningful way since he turned from primary antagonist to whatever role he is in this story now mm -hmm. right did you guys have, view this go ahead india i have to say it some like the crippled god has been like oh my god he's the worst like he's so evil he's so awful like and even in that book that we read where he did that fuck shit I forgot what he did. He like called someone over to he just kept like making people like die or he like, made Rula die over and over yeah, again. Like, and he weird. he gave all those people plagues on seven cities continent. Mm. But in this book, does he not just seem like he's standing there, cigarette in hand, exhausted, tired of the bullshit, guy down on his luck? <laughs> <laughs> down on his luck is such a funny way to describe it, but it's so true. <laughs> He's like, bro, I really don't want to do this. Like, the boss is really fucking chewing my ass out this week. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can do it again. Literally, like, I don't have this. I don't have enough. I don't have the energy to do it. And they're like, yeah, well, yeah, I hear you, bro. But that's just so good. It like made me like interested. I was like, he doesn't seem that bad right now. He's such a more compelling character, and we see him so much less. Mm. He's so much better as. He's almost incidental at this point. You know mm. what I mean? I think that's kind of the point, right? Like this this being that we thought was going to be the big bad, you know, end all be all. The final book is called The Crippled God. And what like a play. What if, a play too. Right. And so it's like it, going into the series, I I mean, I was, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I was like, oh, okay, well, this we're being introduced to the main villain. And then for for it like in the book with his name on it yeah. for him to just be like, oh, my God, guys, um, I think it really is a is a great play. I think it's great. Yeah, I really like this conversation. Uh, I joked about it, but there's some talk of Skinner, who I think is in the Crimson Guard. And as we all know, I think right. the book uh... with the most I think the book with the single most crippled God interactions is also the book that we had Iron Hands bars, Iron Iron bars. <laughs> so they seem so connected and i am curious if the crimson guard books really delve deeper into that connection but hmm. i have no comment about that but i uh do agree um and i won't expand more but it is interesting how your perspective on the crippled god changes throughout the series especially i, I really agree with aj sentiment knowing that it's the name of the final book definitely i think implies um some ideas around that character i won't say anymore i'm excited to talk more about it after we finish reading the book yeah <laughs> all right noted okay so we've got this quick couple scenes we've got picker who the bangles are back on her arm she's visited <laughs> in her dreams by people um she has to leave her cozy little in room and she's she goes and finds carsa now first off i've got to get on the record i don't love that Sam Ardev's entire role is to now be sad woman partner, you know, crying that he's leaving. I hope she's in the rest of this book at all in any meaningful way, but I have a feeling she's not. India, where do you think Karsa has been sent? To, I don't know, wherever the crippled god is. Very, very, very far away from where Karsa is currently. He'll get there. It's like Game of Thrones. Like, it's like... <laughs> it's like <laughs> if there was one character I would expect to be like, yeah, I swam here, it would be... <laughs> it would just be Carson. <laughs> yeah. I am curious as to what they're... I'm, you know, we're too deep in. I trust Steve enough that he's going to have a reason that makes total sense in universe of how, if Carson goes there, how he would get there. But I am curious. 
If I'm not wrong, this is the second time we see him. I think so. Yeah, I think we see him super briefly earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, we see him now and he just he gets told you made a vow. You made a vow. You have to end war. I don't remember exactly what the wording was. I call upon the vow you made long ago, Carso Orlong of the Tablor. When you walk to where you must go, a crippled priest will find you in a street, a broken man, a beggar, and he will speak to you. And by his words, you shall understand. Oh, Uh, are we talking about that fucking guy from Seven Cities crippled stuff that was like uh, left in front of the temple and was like armless and legless? Yeah, I do remember. That would be a big callback if that's who we're talking about. Wasn't there in Memories of Ice a a, a crippled priest? Didn't that happen? He was just like in the street and he was in the epilogue, I think. Oh, I do not remember that. Yeah, in Kapustan. Which is closer to where Karsa is than uh, Seven Cities. Yeah, we've never actually heard if Kapistan's like rebuilt or not. So yeah, mm, interesting. No clue where he's going. I mean, yeah. we've just we've just guessed several locations. And <laughs> right. Any of them could be correct. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to some scenes now, Peter. I think it is now safe enough to clarify for us all of these scenes we've had with Perrin this book. I originally definitely thought they were in some kind of warren. Based on things we're hearing now, are they just to the west of Kalance? Like they're they're on this plane, they're on this normal warren, like everybody else in the world, like just kind of west. Yeah, that's been my. Inter- I have no idea why you thought it was in a warren, but no, I, was... I just felt like there were descriptions that felt felt kind of warrenty. Okay, so they're to the west. We'll talk about. I don't believe they're in a warren. They're well, definitely not. It's 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 even, like all but confirmed now. Even when he met with Balai, that wasn't in like some weird dream space or something. That no, was just... they, they've they've just been west of Kalan. <laughs> I'm telling you, early on, things were said that really made me feel like they were in some war and nowhere near anywhere. Interesting. Which then my question, is, I mean, actually, it's not a question. I guess the assumption then is that we're so far over there. Perrin must just have portaled this whole army, right? Yeah. Just yeah. crazy. India, how is this? How is this quick, brutal fight for you? Does this is this your kind of battle where it's over in half a page? Yeah, it was perfect, especially because it was like a little dream team moment. Yes, you know, a little nod to the past. <laughs> mm. okay. This is our second duo, uh, second bridge burner duo to be reunited. That has had a little bit of tension. It can't be a coincidence. <laughs> We're really wrapping up strong. Yeah, yeah. I do like. This idea that the bridge burners for so long in our minds were like really this unbreakable, like bonded group. And we've seen smaller versions of the bridge burners that are way like the ones in, in Genabacus in uh, Darugistan really tight. But it's really interesting to see like people that we thought really close, like really also hate each other a lot. And mm. really they're together because they're together. And, you know, who else is going to be there? Yeah, it's kind of a uh, it's a situation ship more or less. It's just like, well, we're all. <laughs> We're all Please. in this army. We might as well be pals. I do really like the when the Forker LaSalle use their magic because it's the most like concrete description of magic we get in these books because a lot yeah. of the time it's like, you know, it's a Warren or it's like, you know, a wave of bones or something. Um, but this one is just like they yell and it does what it does. Uh, and so when, um, yeah, when Belai is, is yelling no power, but mine, like that's, I get it. I understand what's happening and I like it. I think it's cool. Pretty sick stuff. I yeah. it always beats quick Ben who, who well, I, I, well, kind of unknown. He's always, he always acts worse off than he is. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it was a ruse for sure. Yeah. Well, he claims it really wasn't. He claims they almost had him, but mm. he has quick Ben. Yeah, just to touch on back something Josh said that I want to comment on about like how we're kind of observing how the narrative around the bridge burners was constructed. I think there's a lot of really interesting passages there, especially coming from the Bone Hunters too, about like the use of that type of storytelling for like morale of the soldiers or for like historical purposes and like how that myth gets used for either people, uh, like common people or soldiers or the state. So I just think there's a really, it's a really interesting twist on the kind of the other major army. Now that you guys can kind of see that we actually spend most most of the series with the Bone Hunters. They're kind mm. of the army of the series, really. But that we're kind of introed through this other army. It's, it's really interesting. 
I got to say, I love having Peter on the show, guys. Um, <laughs> really great choice we had at the beginning to bring them on. Yeah. Uh, when we, when we were coming it up. It was my idea. Yeah, I do remember India lobbying hard to bring Pete yeah. on when we Thanks, were like, we should you. do a show about these 10 books. You ever hear of them? <laughs> I'm happy India championed me yeah. having me being oh, on the and show. It really, I brought several other candidates that I thought were highly qualified. Yeah, your Mark Zuckerberg poll was really strange. I don't I think had we... To get, <laughs> look, I, had, I pulled some strings and he was willing. Okay. Yeah. I gotta say that'd be a real twist for the Malazan community if Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> started a Malazan read through podcast exclusively um, on Meta. I I do want to say though in the metaverse. In the metaverse. I was gonna I was gonna say Peter is you've actually really just taken what I was talking about and made me actually understand the point I was getting at, mm. which is really good because I would never say Coric and Smiles like each other. But goddamn, if they're not going to be the Quick Ben and Kalam of the Bone Hunters myth and legend. Mm. And it is very interesting to think of it that way. And I really hadn't. And now I guess I have to re-examine a lot of things about this series. <laughs> so true. Mm. Yeah, you can think about it. It's a good book. Good book, guys. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, it's a good book. <laughs> when, when, you know, when you sit down and really think about it. <laughs> I wonder if people have ever like reread these to sort of see, see connect- what interesting yeah. I don't like know. i wonder if they even like analyzed it with their friends mm. interesting I doubt, I doubt it if only there was some place we could maybe like meet other people that read the books do you know what i mean so we get some gray helm stuff and somehow yeah, fucking ericala <laughs> who led this naval detachment is the single most competent gray helm some really <laughs> good points with serenity maybe kind of wins this little verbal repartee they've got going really good stuff I was like laughing my ass off reading this scene. I, th- I this is like one of the funniest scenes I think in the book. Um, if you like disconnect any emotion from it, because it's like they're talking, they're talking to Eric Halla and they're like, "Yeah, you came to help us, right?" And Eric Halla's like, "Well, no." everybody's gonna die but we're just kind of like evening out the side so that we also die and you die and we kill some people on the way out so that way the wolves can come when everybody's dead and then the reference is like um wait and he's like no no it's fine this is it this is what we're doing um i was like i have i it's that and honestly that is like a sick as shit like huge balls moment um for ericala to just be like yeah we're here to make sure that we die and that we kill some people on the way out and you're also gonna die like you're gonna lose but you know we're here to kind of just balance the scales without us it would be worse for you so right (laughs) i love every part of it it's uh yeah it's good stuff the Forkle of Sale, truly kind of funny. Yeah. Dark Academia, baby. I agree. Dark, exactly. <laughs> They're like ballet core. <laughs> no, wait. I need ballet corps described to me. No, I've understood it. If you've watched, if you've watched, uh, what's that Netflix though? Shadow and Shadow, shadow and Bone. Something. Yeah, it's really good. You know, just the guy that does the shadow magic, that, that's him. He's okay. Forkle of Sale. I have not watched that show, but okay. Pretty good I stuff. Yeah, so we, get, we have the Sister Reverence and Diligence stuff. Oh, we Again. skipped over a quick ban parent conversation. No, we didn't. We talked about it. Okay. No, we didn't. You're right. <laughs> they talk. They talk about Favor's past and yeah. why. Oh, that's the one where, okay, quick Ben says what we're all thinking, which is, hey, why the fuck are you here, though? And how did you know to be here? And how are you secretly communicating with your sister? And Perrin's like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't talk. It's just sort of a thing we do. I just kind of, this kind of felt right. Or whatever yeah. he says. And it's so ridiculous. G- Ganos is like, oh, quick, Ben. Tavor must have explained her plan to you. And he was like, she's going to free the crippled god. And he says, that's it. And then quick, Ben's just like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? You guys don't talk about anything. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. One of the more human conversations I feel like quick, Ben has had, you know, where he's like actually being frustrated about things. Mm-hmm. I love quick, Ben. I love yeah. this little exchange right here. Um, Quick Ben, what might she be holding inside? I wish I knew. Quick Ben's growing agitation was evident as he waved, waved his hands and his sudden pacing, the sharp, wide-eyed look he threw at Perrin. I thought you two had this planned. <laughs> Perrin yeah. says, had what planned? He says, you're the master of the deck of dragons. And he's like, yeah, I am. It's, it's, really- so, it's so good. We are all just fucking right. We're, we're just going for it. Yeah. So good. Quick scene with Sister Reverence and Diligence. They're looking at an impossible defense 
that Tavor could never break through. <laughs> Diligence says a lot of Gothos Folly stuff. I 10 out of 10 gag. Peter, Gothos Folly fan, yay or nay? Josh, you've, we've been on the episodes, the uh, expepographs. You know me and the Gothos. I, I wanted the show to be called our, our Folly, as you know, well know. We know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark vetoed. And at the time, he was still kind of like a contributor. And that was the deciding vote, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't even have a say. <laughs> that is not true, India <laughs> Jones. Okay. Whoa. What are you talking about? Whoa. What? Who knew that? Who's Mark even? Zuckerberg. Who knew that Mark had a say? Mark Zuckerberg. didn't have a say. I have no idea what Josh is talking about. It was a throwback to Mark Zuckerberg joke from earlier. Oh, AJ wow, got I it. See. AJ got it. Yeah. You guys freaked me out. I was going to say, is there a fucking meeting that I wasn't invited to that I'm finding out in the second to last episode of filming oh the show? Oh, God. So funny. Indy, you're actually a second round uh, draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christ. You were um, going to no, put Mark on India. IR. Yeah, I know what that means. <laughs> Injured, Injured reserve. reserve. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. So uh, where are we at? Stormy and Gessler look on. We don't need to worry about it. Let's talk about this Setak, Tanik, Hallian, all of mm. their stuff here for a second. Uh, this is actually a pretty even match. It wait, feels like. wait, wait, wait. I just just really fast Stormy and Gessler at the end of their conversation with like, all right, let's get back for more armpit fungi and a big tankard brimming with gland juice. Yeah, it's just so fucking funny. I can't wait for these these good these good boys and girls to get a nice bed rest and some fucking, you know, some good food and drink. Yeah, can't I hope the second epilogue all. is just a beach episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> A little summer vacay art. In reality, there's just like nothing left. Yeah. Hey, just the try. narrator discussing everyone me. died. Yeah, it's Edge Walker. Yeah. He's just walking oh around. Oh my god. It's um, restarting. The earth is healing itself. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, Burns sorry, this away. conversation. So we had this conversation with said talk and Tanakali, and I feel like they're pretty evenly matched. The only problem is, right? And it's a little one. Tanakali has to overcome is that said talk at any moment can summon a million wolves. <laughs> and so I want you right now, AJ, to tell hangout. me, I want you, AJ, to tell me right now a cooler superpower. Oh, damn. Uh, I would... Oh, geez. I mean, I definitely can't think of a more threatening superpower. <laughs> like, I could just summon a million wolves. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'll tell you right now, here's I, a drawback, right? Yeah, yeah. Then there's a million, million wolves. wolves does not solve every problem, but it solves all problems at the exact same time right then and there. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's not subtle. And I don't think you can summon a million wolves more than once. Right. Mm. Wait, why not? Yeah, Once they're out, they're out. Yeah. But, mm. but where are you there's a million wolves be- inside of you. <laughs> I knew it. No. Yeah. And I think they just come out of a warren. Right. And so if you open yeah, well, the they're gate, also they like, she can only do it one time. Well, we don't know that, but it really feels like a one and done. Oh, well, that's not. I would. I can think of a million things that are cooler than that. All right, but yeah. hear me out, India. You could control the world because there's the threat at any moment. <laughs> but Josh, okay, shit. wait. You just now, but say, Josh. Yeah, yeah. How do you prove you can summon a million wolves? Hey, that's on you to figure out. Right? <laughs> but you have to. You have to convince enough people at first to start mm. spreading the your your good word. Yeah. I have something big to announce. I recently (laughs) learned how to summon a million wolves. Whoa. What? Big if true, Peter. Uh, Josh, it is true. Okay. And I just wanted to share that with you. I haven't done it yet because because of the repercussions. Well, I don't have to do HA because it's like, do I challenge them? What if they do it? Well, yeah. (laughs) You guys are hysterical today. (laughs) Um, Anyhow. All right, we've got we've got honestly the most wholesome thing in a long time. I feel like in this scene with uh, well, first off, Breeze has this horrendously existential dread filled dream yeah, where he meets really a mysterious tisty eater who has a connection to him. Hmm, Do we remember gee, who it is? Who it could be? Who could it be? Who, who is it, Josh? No well, there's only like two people it could be. It's got to be Troll Sengar or Rulad, maybe. I think you're wrong on both accounts. I thought it was that guy who the Warlock King killed when he sent him into a trance under to to, to go underwater to find Breeze. (gasps) Oh, fuck. Fucking pool. Why? 
uh, because that guy AJ. that guy got got sent to go find Breeze and then got killed by the Warlock King. And then I I vaguely remember him asking. Oh fuck! He, he, Whoever he was that with Commandros and, so, yeah, and Sukulat, they were in yeah, that house he's like, together. "Hey, do you remember how I got here and what my name is?" Uh, and they're yeah. like, "No, actually, oh, I don't." Oh my god, AJ! But, I don't, but like, what's that? Re- what's the relevance of him? I think his yeah, name starts know. with an O. I thought it would be Troll too. I thought it started with an R, but I do or, not have any fucking clue what his name is or something. Anyway. We're gonna move past that. That's a great pull. So proud Thank you. of you. I AJ. felt I felt really smart when I when I I I know I clocked that instantly. Wow. Immediately. Wow, 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 wow. So good. I but can't I do wait wish for I can't wait for it to be troll and it's just you're <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> Yo, if it's troll, I will be so happy. If it's troll, you're oh, the better Christ. writer. You're the better writer. <laughs> oh Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry, okay. sorry, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we have this awesome scene where the Letheri, uh, you know, Tehol in his infinite wisdom had predicted how long it would take mm. all this good stuff. But really, the meat of it is this incredible message to his brother that is so funny and kind. And honestly, one of the best like this is one of the most touching scenes I've ever read, especially so after Breeze, especially after Breeze like confides that he's like, oh, he's never said he loves me. He thinks we're going to all die. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we bring to our new our uh, our new segment called uh, Malazan Draft Books goes Malazan India DraftKings that's what it's called DraftKings goes okay. Malazan India what are you taking Breeze dies or Breeze lives Oh Breeze already fucking died so Breeze lives All right AJ are you going with India or are you taking the under <sighs> I think Breeze lives Wow Pete, Flash what do you bet Aranect live or dead I think Aranek dies. Aranek dies. Oh, I hope Aranek doesn't die because then if Breeze lives, like, what's his point of living, you know? But that is, that is how Oh, Steve... I was thinking of a Brastel. I was thinking of a Brastel. No, Aranek lives. They both live and they live happily ever after. They, yeah. I want them to so they bad. They die. It's not one or the other. Mm, I don't think, I agree. I don't think it's one or the other. Interesting. I think if one's going to live, though, I think it would be Aranek. But I, I, I agree. I think they both live or both die. Listen, I want to do. I actually do want to do predictions like this a little later, but so maybe we just move on. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Last thing, Tana Callian speaks with the commander, and they're like, "Oh, they could have never made it the glass, the glass desert." Ha ha ha! Odaterra sword, forkless sail freaks. It's good shit. We'll find. We'll find out why. I assume it's got something to do with the fucking dragon, right? Because yeah, uh, I think. I think definitely. Because Kalam pulls out his Odaterra dagger, right? And yeah. Quick Ben's like, "Shut up! Stop it!" Yeah, he's like, you got to quit doing that so much. Yeah. Yeah. So that's chapter 21. Honestly, it, reading it really got me hyped. Uh, not as yeah. hyped, though. It's chapter 22, which we're going to get into. I thought it was a fucking blast. Yeah. Before that. So uh, thank you. So uh, India, do you want to do these or do you want me to? Or, yeah. Uh, sure. I'll do them. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you to these wonderful, wonderful humans um for supporting our patreon rob and tall steven and daniel and wilson and hood's left tusk thank you all so much thank you for your support we really appreciate it uh and if you would like to contribute to our patreon the links in the show notes we appreciate it and tune into the uh, mountains and stream of the fall on july 22nd yeah i was gonna say while we're here though i do think uh follow uh, subscribe to us on youtube so you get notified when we go live on july 22nd for the mountains and stream of the fall and thank you that's all i'll say about it because there's stuff at the beginning and i'm gonna say stuff at the end so let's go to the next chapter. well just want a reminder though there is a stipulation there is a height requirement of the patreon and tall steven feels like you're kind of <laughs> I think you're trying to play the game a little bit. Definitely the correct height for the Patreon, Stephen. <laughs> Short kings only on the Patreon. <laughs> Let's go. Chapter 22. Fair warning. Lots of single sentence descriptions coming your way. Calm senses the approach of Corvus and thinks of Icarium as her weapon of vengeance should the Fork of Sail be wiped out. Draconis tracks down Commanderos and Sekoloth, killing both with ease. Commanderos' last thought is of her disappointment in her son, even in death. Shadowthrone meets with Draconis and convinces him to leave the whole mess in Kalance alone. 
the twins stand over the corpse of their father and talk of revenge against Erastus. Parents' force has found the reinforcing army, entrenched and ready for a fight. Quick Ben and Kalam discuss the opposing leadership styles of the parents' siblings. Torrent is having a great time while Olar Ethel freaks out about Corpus. Kalam and Quick Ben sneak into the enemy camp and kill the pure commander, though Kalam is wounded badly. They are cornered by the champion of wolves, who heals Kalam instead of attacking. We are supposed to remember who this is, but they're probably from four books ago. Before the battle begins, Perrin distributes Maranth munitions to his sappers, who can barely contain their joy. Unfortunately, they are sappers, so they stole the special munitions they aren't supposed to have yet. Arakala awaits the battle to be joined, but unfortunately he is unprepared for 21st century warfare, and the barrage from the sappers obliterates the shriven army and badly wounds the parish. In the aftermath, the parish are disarmed and left to their own devices, as the Malazan set off to find their allies. So, we've got a lot of just check-ins here. It's one of those things where at the end of a book, storylines have got to get wrapped up. What's a more <laughs> effective way of wrapping them up than having fucking Draconis murder them? That's right, folks. <laughs> he is the proverbial red pen of the editor coming down. Second last storyline <laughs> needs to be done. Kill Mandaros. More like well, should have killed Mandaros earlier. I don't know. You, that sk was you skipped. You skipped the calm <laughs> part. Calm we'll back. back to it. I just wanted to start with a funny bit. You know. No, it was good. Okay, sorry. That was a phenomenal bit, Josh. You really brought your A game. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we Commanderos, Cetralath, They've done their job. Mm -hmm. Draconis tracks mm -hmm. them down. Kills. Great. Tied up. Never to see them again. Incredible. All that doesn't matter, other okay. than the Commanderos last line where where she's like, even a death, my son disappoints. Oh, but. All that does matter in that we get the fucking incredible scene of the twins who are just absolutely the goofiest two people. They are never serious, even when they're talking about Erastus. I can only imagine them as like the fucking Justice League Wonder Twins. Like in my mind, they are 100% yeah. in like purple and pink leotards. There's no <laughs> other way they could be. <laughs> sure. Peter, is that is that your kind of vision of the twins in your head? That or do is they not or do they share one body and they just when the camera like pivots to one half when one talks and then oh oh, that's a, they're both the that's a fun visual idea. Yeah, uh, kind of wrapping up the storyline and it is interesting to see the children speak from that kind of mm -hmm. vantage as well. So and these are the only, to my knowledge, the only like children of. Oh, uh, God, that we... Well, no, that's actually super not true, and I retract that statement. Who are you thinking of now? Oh, well, there's, like, Sister Spite and Envy. They're, like, the daughters of Draconis. Yeah. Mm. So... Do you think, um... Do you think, you know, because Setralath, like, gets up at the end of this, right? No, he's dead. You sure? Pretty sure. When at last he opened his eyes, they were gone and all was well. And they just previously were talking about, well, a long time ago, we started spinning a coin. If I listen hard, you can hear it. Uh, he'll be okay. He'll get back up on his feet. Oh, I fully missed that. When or he opens his eyes, when he climbs to his feet, there will be no going back. No, no going back ever again. Oh, I kind of actually imagine that as him like stepping into the next plane of existence, but it's hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. But they also do say, uh, we are the best of him. We shall live on. So maybe they are like, oh, maybe they have taken over his body as one unit oh that would be crazy i have no idea aj all of it's crazy yeah peter anyway. thoughts on, on which which of our theories is right well we're, i guess you're just gonna have to see what happens <laughs> had to read the books huh i don't think i actually think i'm done i think um can i tell you look i love this podcast <laughs> dearly it's been lovely i get full body erections when i think about <clears throat> never having to hear peter say should read the books ever again christ i Josh, Josh, don't tell me about your erections on the show. Sorry. Okay. All of all of them, Save apparently. That for off the show. Yeah, sorry. That's a private That's time. <laughs> That's for, for our, 10 very our, big books after dark. That's for Patreon, baby. Come check Jesus. out Exploring Who's Epigraphs. Subscribe to us on OnlyFans. <laughs> we do have the uncut episode. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, going back to Calm, who yeah. has Icarium's body? 
Is that mm-hmm. how we imagine this is? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just ha- he's just chilling. <laughs> yeah. Do you think a carrium is the type of weapon? Now back to the for- back to the former question: Who wins? One a carrium, million wolves. I one think it has to be one a carrium. Yeah. Yeah, you think right? It's pretty tough. Yeah, I think it would take many more wolves to take down a city, and it took a carrium one a carrium to destroy a city. <laughs> So I don't think there's much to be said about this calm thing other than sort of reminding us in some way that calm is there with a carrium. Probably, I mean, I'm hoping against hope setting up a confrontation with Mapo Trail. Really hoping that that's where that leads us. Yeah. I was surprised we didn't get a Mapo drop in this chapter, honestly. Very well, I think with what we see at the end of this, I wait, we did the water scene before, right? Like stabbing the dagger into the ground and the water coming out? Yeah. Yes. I, I'm curious if that is if Mapo will somehow end up in that whole situation since he was crossing mm. the same desert. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. In some more quick meetings we can check in with uh, Shadow Throne meeting with Draconis. A, a pretty, you know, pretty tense standoff to me because I feel like Draconis is in a bit of a kill first, ask questions later kind of mood. So, mm. uh mm. We get a fun POV of Carabas flying. Just flying around. Just flying around. Elaine, you would kill me and call it freedom, then come to me and try. I love that. Is this when is this when they have they they start fighting, right? That that yeah. happens later in the chapter, yeah. I didn't really write about that. I don't know why. I, let's talk about it now, because we brought it up. Fucking crazy uh, image sure. of a of you know, one dragon that consumes all life fighting every other dragon in existence. Yeah yeah (laughs) really just a big dragon fight i was gonna say it is really interesting that like i think the malazan series as a whole treats dragons in such a different way than almost any other book series i've ever read has Mm. because they're you know they are the preeminent like like so many stories have a dragon or you know you have books where there's all these dragons and they're very clear cut on how they are and Steve just is just out here. These dragons are everywhere doing everything possible. And sometimes there's just a thousand of them fighting one. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty ridiculous. India, how many yeah. dragons is too many dragons for you? Oh, endless. I, I love dragons. And follow up question. Dragons. If I was like, are you going to do you finish the theme song in your head? Yes. Let's mm-hmm. all go to Dragon Tales. Yeah. Come yeah. on, there it is. There it is. Let's all go to Dragon Wow. <laughs> Bring it back around, you know? Yeah. yeah. Peter, were I'm you a Dragon like, Dragon Tales kind of? I was not a Dragon Tales kid, and I'm feeling wow. really left out of the call right and now. And that was this why kid, we this... almost didn't let you on. That's why that was where Mark came in really That's strong. Because the, <laughs> the Zuck. Mark's the Zuck a is a huge dragon, dragon tail head. Yeah, yeah. His 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 metaverse is just he 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 recreated the dragon. It's tails, actually uh, just a dragon tails RP project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How long do we anyway. think the longest dragon tails fanfic is? Really long. God, <laughs> probably really long, right? I wasn't expecting Karabas to die here, but that's interesting. But I do think. This has interesting implications now because now there's just a bunch of elite who are like out of control. Karabas um, dead or just like I don't remember. Uh, Karabas the storms died. ripped into her, tore her hide, rent vast tears in her wings until her will alone was the only thing that kept her aloft, flying across these racked skies as the sun bled over the horizon far behind her. Yeah, she's you alive. See the darkness, hear my cries. Yeah, I guess she's still alive. Hundred percent still alive. Just like a huge badass. Yeah, I guess she sounds so. really ripped apart, though. Yeah, but isn't yeah. now our okay? Do you, do you heal? heal? <sighs> well, and also, isn't Carabas the undead bone dragon, or is no. or is Carabas flesh? No. Okay, so Carabas is flesh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I definitely had pictured like the bone dragon. Oh, wow. Mm-mm. I don't know. I mean, if no. you're made of anti magic, I imagine you've. I imagine you're pretty durable, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, don't let me look. Uh, it back up. to the not the end of the chapter. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's cool to talk about. I'm glad we talked about it. No, it's it's so sick. I can't believe I didn't write about it. So we've got Torrent out here really just sort of reveling in Olar Ethel's uh, anxiety about Corvus. <laughs> yeah, dude. This is one of the storylines I feel like shocked it hasn't dried up and ended yet. So do we think happy ending for all four of these people? Where are we at with mm. this? 
because we have two we have the two twin girls we have torrent uh-huh. and we have uh-huh. boy yeah happy ending for the four of them yeah do we think that I think so. I think Torrent has been through enough that he deserves a cool ending. <laughs> okay, now, speaking of cool endings, do we think Torrent mirrors talk in his final mm. moments uh, and yeah, turns that's... around, sends the kids on, and turns to fight some enemy he knows he can't beat, a la Talk? probably. Right? It feels like it's gotta happen. Yeah, and then that's what wipe that that's he's the final member of the uh Yeah, his uh clan, the all. The all they would yeah. be all gone. Oof. Maybe not in the best taste. Yeah, Josh. no, I don't like I Josh, I hear you, <laughs> but it feels pretty bad, all things considered. All things considered. <laughs> wow. My favorite NPR show. <laughs> we should have named considered. that the podcast, All Things Considered. Wow. <laughs> Well, do you know, maybe M- we can sell MPR, that name to Mark. Malazan Public Radio. That really was our folly to not name it that. Nice, nice. Wow, nice. Josh, you're like cooking tonight, buddy. No, Josh, literally fire is coming out of you. I feel like I'm doing absolutely nothing on the show and Josh is just like running the whole show. Thank you. Josh I'm, has got a tight 30 and he's just running with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing for weeks. <laughs> um that does bring us to kind of the final big section we see uh we see a lot of things learn a lot of things mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. this is the first proper fight from a malazan army since seven cities possibly mm. since one could argue uh fucking coral because i don't know if we've had a large scale malazan fight since coral there was the one with the bone hunters did they they drove they walked halfway across the continent of seven cities to not fight and then they no snuck when on, they, they got, snuck when onto they, the tisty eater land only to uh, not fight because they were saved by uh they were saved by uh oh fuck me what was his name not bottle but the other boy who was so good beak beak they didn't, fight, uh, they didn't fight there either no there was a there was a um fuck when 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 to amber dies that whole Oh, I don't remember fuck. what that's book that closest, is. That's the closest we get. And really, that's just more of, you know, two squads tactically retreating. But this is like the first. Mm, I guess so. This is the first full blown Malazan Marines and Sappers fighting in tandem in fucking forever. And I just only say that because it's a reminder that it's sick as all hell. And that if you get, you know, if you give a Sapper a dynamite, he will look for a bigger dynamite. Oh, yeah. He'll attach it to more nitroglycerin. <laughs> yeah. I found it really interesting that we are bringing the Moranth musicians back and that they had a pretty logical way to do it. Um, part of me has always felt like the Moranth were criminally underused. You know, we had one who talked ever. We knew nothing of their society. We just kind yeah. of used their weapons. I kind of love that, though. I kind of love that they're just like weird, like maybe they're actually bugs, people. Um, oh, I did forget that we don't even know if they're bugs or not. That's we're not 100 percent certain whether the chitin is real or not. <laughs> really good. Really to me, good. they're bugs. To me, they're also bugs. They're bugs. But, okay. but maybe not. <laughs> but it's but that's actually not. not proven. But to that's me, so gross. Like a giant bug. Like fuck off. Like well, but it's like shaped like off. a person, but like maybe has bugs like bug armor. Can I tell oh, you? It's an exoskeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, actually, India, I got crunches. you. India, mm-hmm. bug fact, bug fact for you. Insects, they're whatever the biggest insect is on Earth is the biggest they can ever get. Evolutionary wise, they will never get bigger. Unless they uh, undergo severe uh, genealogical and physiological transformations, because mathematically the surface area is going to increase at an exponential rate to the volume and the size of their muscles, and so they cannot get any bigger. Learned that in my bug class at UD. Wow. Okay, Josh, that was hella boring. I gotta come in with a hot <laughs> fact. Have you? Have we all know the great movie Ants with a Z, of course, and. We've never forgotten that iconic piece of American cinema. Right, starring Woody Allen. And you may recall one Susan Sarandon in the part. Not Susan Sarandon. Sharon Stone is in it. Huge news. She's the main. Wow, this is an all-star cast. Big news. Sarah Jessica Parker recently revealed she recorded the entire movie and then Fuck. they cut her out and put Sharon Stone in. Whoa. That's 
so recently good. revealed. I'm gonna tell. I've typed in ants. I'm gonna hit the news button. If this is from 20 like 18 or something, I'm gonna be pissed. No, it was on uh, Howard Stern. Shout out to one of the greats. Am I right? Where are the Howard Stern heads at? This is from 2016, Peter. This news is from 2016. <laughs> okay, Josh. Well, I didn't when you know think. It. Josh, when you think about the length of the universe, that is pretty recent. Okay, you know, ants and Citizen Kane came out at the same time. Anyway, the people, the 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 good guys win. The perish are disarmed. Most of them have fucking PTSD for the rest of their lives. So there we go. How cute is like Tavor and Perrin, like sibling duo? Like, are you fucking kidding? Can I tell you, I am so curious if they're just not going to meet. There was also no. really good stuff in this these two chapters, right? About the whole, does Perrin know? Does Tavor know she killed her sister? Does it matter if she knows? Who had that conversation? It was that, was, that was also the last episode, Josh. God damn it. We record so infrequently sometimes. That's Yeah, so, so listen, funny. everyone. I appreciate everyone listening. I'm not going to lie. Are we done? Wait, are we done? Yeah, it's the end. We're done. We're over. We barely even like really talked about it. I, I, all right, the battle, okay. dude, the battle happens in three sentences. They start throwing the bombs and everyone dies. Yeah, but okay. First of all, there's that really funny Noto Boyle <laughs> bit where they're like Noto, and he just says Noto Boyle, and he keeps trying to get them to call him Noto Boyle, and they just keep calling him Noto or Boyle. I think that's a great bit. Uh, there's the bit yeah. where a parent's like, yeah, I, I hid it in a secret war and that nobody knows where it is. And then oh, the and next the scene, like, we found it so long ago. He's like, I, yeah, we tortured or uh, and, and he told us where it was. I got it tattooed on my hand. Let's go. And then they steal these like crazy powerful weapons and then they don't know how to use them. And so they wind up accidentally killing a lot of parish. Yeah. Well, uh, and I, you know, would the parish well, even be mad about that? Well, yeah, because they were trying to even the odds, Josh, not get wiped out. <laughs> Well, six and stones, you know. Anyway, I think that's going to have in- implications, I think. But anyway, I guess we don't want to talk about it. What are the implications, AJ? AJ, I'd love to know your thoughts on the implications. Well, now there's less perish, which means the bone hunters have a better chance, which means they will probably win. They're not the bone hunters. Sorry. I guess these are these are bridge burner. What are these? What these are parents? Are, this is actually they talk about that. What are they? Are there an army of Malazan Empire who is under the rule of fucking what's his face now? But like, are they really a Malazan force or are they parents force? Mm, yeah. Interesting. I'm team parent. That's all I got to say. Parents yeah, are I'm nowhere. Te- what? The no. emperor thing? Yes, India. I think we talked about that last episode. We did. Yeah. Parents is and Nepo what? baby. Wait, wait, why is Perrin a Nepo baby? Well, yeah, the both parents are Nepo babies in the extreme. Yeah, because their parents were like royalty. Yeah, I guess to the extent that all nobles are Nepo babies. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway, yeah, no, fuck parents. <laughs> no. No, for um, no reason, okay. for no reason, for literally no reason. I like Perrin. I take it back. I'm just being <laughs> crazy. I do like how <laughs> no, the beginning India, of this. You're crazy. <laughs> I, I do like how we spend all this time with uh, like people that we haven't spent time with. Yeah. Um, throughout the, these last two books. I think it's fun to get these points of views and I'm glad that we got them. And it just makes me more excited to get to the end of this book because now all of these other people are reintroduced and um, stuff's going to happen probably. All right. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I've contributed absolutely nothing this episode. And I'm at peace yeah. with that. Um, oh, okay. And your role has we've been all it's always been the goal to sunset, Peter. All right. Started off as the, you know, the mentor to us um, young ducklings. Yeah. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, here with us today, special guest. That's right. It's Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. <laughs> Peter, have a great rest of your life. H- hello, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the headsets. Um, that's what I got. That was my. Mark. We record this show like in the metaverse. We've been doing it the whole time. Surprise! <laughs> we that's actually right. the have the mouse instrument. The phone's going to be a metaverse exclusive event. So you need to come on. Kiki Palmer's going to gonna be get there. your quest three. Um. Anyway. Okay. Um. What I was going to say is I've contributed nothing, and that's because I'm absolutely brimming with the anticipation at the thought of the three of you finishing these books. I have nothing to say to you. Because I just need you to read these last fucking 200 pages. We will finally, we'll be done. So in in thrilling anticipation before that episode, I do want to hear, I, I have a couple of questions for all three of my co-hosts. All right. Number one, a character you think deserves a happy ending, AJ. 
Uh, torrent. I already said it. India. Wait, wait. That's so fast. How did that? Out of, how did I had, you go I, had, I, 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 I definitely have more than just that answer, but that was the one that I had already said on this episode, so I just pulled that one. I think Breeze also deserves a happy ending. Uh, I think... Um, Oh, God, I don't know. Somebody else also probably. <laughs> I want to see what Quick Ben's going to do. Not Regardless of happy ending, I want to see what the fuck that dude's up to. All right. India? You know what? The crippled God deserves a happy ending. Get fucked. Damn. <laughs> um, I think it would have to be. Go, Indy, if you want me to. No. You know what? You know who deserves a fucking life mm. and has never had one? Icarium. Mm. Wow! Damn! Yeah, nice fucking pull. preach, India. Hell yeah! I feel that way. All right, wow. I got Josh. I, I'm gonna go with two similar to India. I'm gonna go with Mapo because I feel like so much of his life has been dedicated to trying to to, to living with this conflict in his heart, and I think he just deserves to be free of that conflict and and live. Uh, and secondly, dude's been at work for a thousand years. Can I tell you, I it is taking every fiber of my being to not look up on on the the wiki if we see her again but absalar she had no childhood it was robbed robbed from her she lives with the feeling of someone else who's lived in her body like she she like buried her feelings in her work for years afterwards because she thought it was the best thing for other people like yeah and her work is murdering people her work is murdering people <laughs> <laughs> all right Here's um, the other question yeah. I have. Wait, no, Wait, really AJ, quick. AJ. Fiddler, 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 oh, Fiddler's my Fiddler. answer. Fiddler deserves such a happy ending. The dude has had such a rough time. Who knew that Fiddler would be almost the main character of this series? I right? Fiddler. Anyway, Pete, what's your other question? Next question. AJ, who is a character you think will not get a happy ending? I, I my my first thought is Breeze. I don't think Breeze gets a happy ending. And I think Torrance's happy ending is him like finally getting to sacrifice himself for somebody he cares about, but he does die. So I guess that's not really a happy ending for Torrent. Josh. I think uh I think it's Fiddler. No, you think? I think Fiddler is going to go out in the same way that Whiskey Jack <sighs> did, and I think Fiddler's name is gonna be the new, you know, name that hangs hollowed oh, over the uh, bone hunters. Stop. No. Damn. India, what do you think? That doesn't get a happy ending. Um, Tavor. Mm. Tavor. I think mm. that she's gonna die. I could see it. Yeah. Because she killed her fucking sister. <laughs> I also think it depends on what you cla- clarif- classify as a happy ending. Like happy for us, like we feel like their story arc was completed in a satisfying way, or happy for the person who is existing in this bro- book in this world who is going to have to move on with a fictional life. Yeah, it's a silly question in some ways. Here's my final question. AJ, end of the series, one last prediction. Oh, 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 okay. Well, the Jade statues have to crash into the world because if they don't, I'm going to burn this book in my fireplace. And so I think, I think... Even if it's like everything happens, everybody's wiped out, nobody's alive, we whatever happens with Tavor, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's like, and then the jade statues hit or the jade fingers hit the the ground and all life is restarted again. Like I would be fine with that being the ending. It's like if whatever happens, everybody dies, some there's you know, whatever. And then uh, and then all the souls, et cetera, in the jade fingers are actually like, we're here to this is just Scientology, isn't it? Oh, no. <laughs> I just created a Scientology. <laughs> um, all right, India, one last prediction. It wasn't a great prediction on my part, just to be clear. My prediction, can it be kind of vague? Sure. All right. It can be whatever you want. Here's my prediction. My prediction is that one of these, because I don't really know their individual name, like, I don't know which ones it's going to be, but one of these, like, old races Hmm. are gonna fight and then everyone's gonna die except it had nothing to do with the crippled god at all and um probably like cotillion or shadow throne is gonna like end it like it's gonna Hmm. be like them and i just feel like they're gonna like it's i think it's gonna end with them too 
And I don't think it's going to have anything to do with anything else in the book, like mm. anything else with the crippled God. May, may I may I piggyback to extend this conversation even further? Sure. I think I think India. I think you're right about Shadowthorn and Cotillion having some sort of like they're like the last two standing or something. I think Cotillion is going to wind up like killing Shadowthrone and it's going to yes! be like, I'm yes! the god of assassins. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. And Shadowthrone's going to be like, good job. I'm proud of you or some he's shit. Like, um, he's and the I fucking also, scorpion. It was in his nature. Yeah. And I also think, um, I also, I also totally agree that the crippled god has like, is going to be like totally relevant by the end of this book. Tell me that those aren't some good takes because I've been thinking about them guys. So just like, good. you know, think about it. Yeah. All right. Joshua, final prediction. I think in some way, shape, or form, all of the Elder Gods will die or move on or something. Because mm. I feel like there's been a big theme in this the last couple books of them trying to reclaim their power and then the power of these new Ascendants. And how the cycles of the old are what's causing issues. And I just think somehow, some way, a, a power shift has to happen in a major way. Especially considering we got told in book like three that Burn is dying and it's never been brought up again. And so I wonder if it's like all of the Elder Gods have to agree to use their last remaining power mm. or something to like save Burn. And then they just kind of go off and do that. And then at the end, Krupp closes the book and says, what did you think of my fan fiction? I love it. Yeah. Oh, Krupp closing the book at the end is very powerful. <laughs> but to be fair, this is a book about compassion. And yeah. I just am wondering where, what is the, what is the compassion aspect mm. of this all? You know? Damn, damn, damn. That's a good point. Like something has to be done as like, I'm doing this because I'm a good person for you. Like, I don't know. Well, I think that's partly what Tavor's motivation is for freeing the crippled god, right? Is like, not only is freeing the crippled god going to stop the Forker sale from being able to use the heart, I assume, but also it's like, you know, this dude is hurting and he's been hurting for so It's the humane so thing long. to do. It's the humane thing to do is to free him. And actually, honestly, do we know what freeing him means? Does freeing him just mean stabbing the heart and killing him? Like, is that is his is his death freedom? Like, yeah, what is depends on what freed means. And if you it know. is, if that is his freedom, why the why the fuck wouldn't she say that she's gonna kill him? Because that was like a real big uh, a real big um surprise to a lot of people. It's like we're gonna yeah. free the crippled god, and if she just meant yeah, we're gonna kill him the whole time, and she didn't say that, I'm gonna be fucking livid. It'd be really funny though <laughs> really funny okay everybody that's gonna be it for us today please tune into the Malzan stream of the fallen aj will tell you a little bit more about that after the credits but in short on july 22nd we're live streaming for 10 hours to raise funds for adult literacy tune in if you don't you don't support adult literacy programs in the u.s and you don't support adults trying to learn how to read okay that is on you if you don't turn in tune into the stream just saying okay i just want to make that very clear and okay? that means you're a bad person and this is a 100%. podcast about compassion and we 100 percent. and we personally do hold those opinions and values to heart so you can you know i've yeah. i've meant every single word i've <laughs> said on this show okay um all right Pretty now sure jokes I've, aside please okay. please tune in it's a good cause and we uh are ho- i think it's gonna be a fun time um, and then uh, thank you to my co-host, Josh. F- great episode. Um, thanks for carrying it. And I am so excited because in 10 days, the four of us will be together in person mm-hmm. to discuss the ending of the entire series, the ending of the 10th book, as yeah. we have r- will wrap up the 10th very big book. The day after this episode comes out, we will be recording. Yeah, so. baby. That's fun. When I say come, you say passion. Whoa, come. wait, it's Josh's. It's Josh's come. I'm just so hyped up. I'm so sorry, Josh. I didn't mean to take it from you. Last time he I took Josh's come. I can't when believe I, it. Okay, when I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh, I don't want to snake that from you. No, it's okay. When I say come, you say passion. Come. Passion. passion. Hello.
Hello, everybody. Producer AJ here, about to finish reading the Malazan Book of the Fallen, Book 10, The Crippled God by Stephen Erickson. Quick reminder to subscribe to our YouTube if you're not, so you don't miss the stream of the Fallen on July 22nd. Also, we are officially opening up our mailbag for the Dust of Dreams and Crippled God mailbag slash wrap-up episode. More details about that are in the show notes. We will be taking mail until June 25th. Moving on, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to give us your thoughts or feelings about this or any of our episodes, you can always email us 10VeryBigBooks at gmail.com, tweet us at 10VeryBigBooks, or you can head on over to our Discord, bit.ly slash Discord. that's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D, Discord. that link will also be in the show notes. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to financially support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10VeryBigBooks, that link and all the other links are also in the show notes. And as always, thank you so very much to Dan Gezer for making our spectacular cover art you can follow him on twitter at a underscore w underscore dan g for the hottest submarine meme takes thank you as well to resident 52 card pickup champion scout wilkinson for the special art she is providing for this season you can follow her on twitter at humble goat and on kofi at ko-fi.co slash humble goat and of course the wonderful music in today's episode including the remixed intro and outro track is by the one the only amaranthan from his album simulant rain which you can find along with his other music on bandcamp.com links to all of their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on july 7th talking about the end of the crippled god chapters 23 24 and both there are two of them both epilogues i seriously can't believe it uh, i'll talk to you then and thank you so much for listening really AJ, have you seen that show? It's like the guy on the show. We started watching Carnival Row. <laughs> AJ, AJ, it's just like the guy on Carnival Row. Got uh, Cara Delevingne. She's cool. Mm. Orlando oh. Bloom. Orlando Bloom is he's really committed to this bit. Guys, I learned the craziest Lord of the Rings fact today that I did not know at all. Okay. Which is that the Fellowship of the Ring, that meeting in Rivendell is not planned. If you, re- I've never read the book. I read the book when I was in like seventh grade, but I didn't comprehend it. Mm. And all of the people who are at that meeting are all at Rivendell for wildly different reasons. And then they go, well, we're all here. I guess we may as well talk about this ring that showed up. <laughs> Had no idea. Yeah. Um. So the Malazan Book of the Fallen?